0: So who received something last week um, through Sam as he spoke on the gift of the prophet? Who would like to share with us what you received last Sunday? Because it's interesting, like during the week um, we gathered as elders and we were talking about teaching but learning. And it was something Paul said, and it really hit me, that there can be a lot of teaching goes out, but if there's no learning, then really the teaching is irrelevant. And uh, we have to learn. We have to understand and come into what is being said. Jesus said, you guys, you don't understand because you can't hear. And so there's this ability of the Spirit to hear, what is truly being communicated. And with the ability to hear what's truly being communicated comes understanding. So if one has understanding, then one can live from the understanding that they have. So we need to be able to hear what is being declared. And as we've looked at, not just hear it, because we think, the Greek mindset says, if I can think it, hear it, I understand it. But the Hebraic mindset says, I want to see it and experience it. And that's the lane that we need to run into, see it in the spirit, and experience it so I can live it. And they're two different operating systems, and they oppose one another. So you and I have come from a Greek mindset. We have a Greek way of thinking, which is carnal, worldly. And that's why we need a Hebraic or a spiritual mindset, which is kingdom. And so then life flows And so, um, with that in mind, who wants to share something from last Sunday? What did you learn? Just the mind of the Spirit. It's Yeah, but yes, it's Hebrew, but even Hebrew is still of the earth. But God used a Hebraic, a Hebrew mind culture to come through, okay? but you can still get caught up in just Hebraic stuff, a Hebraic culture. We need the culture of the kingdom. But it thinks differently. So a Hebrew mindset thinks circular. A Greek mindset thinks linear. Okay? So that's why we've got to go over and over around. So God's not sort of going from A, B, although there's a sequencing pattern. I don't want to confuse anyone now. So I here to talk about the prophet. Um, but it's all right. uh, Just think mind of the spirit. Okay, you want to think in the mind of the spirit. Yeah, um, I always got the impression that a prophet um, was was there to put us right, put us down, tell us where we're wrong. But uh, one of the things I learned last week was that a prophet is there to build up. And he is more concerned about the spiritual dimension of things. Very cool. Which leads into what I want to talk about, which is the nature of prophecy tonight. Um, so we're going to look at the nature of prophecy, and we're going to look at the differences and the similarities between a prophet and a prophetic people. Because they cross over. Um, but there are similarities because we're all called to prophesy, and a prophet is called to prophesy. prophet is a builder up, and we're all called to build people up. Through prophesying, you edify, you encourage. So there are these similarities and these crossovers, and we're going to look at the main difference is the grace that's on a prophet that is poured out, a power which is not on every person. But we all have a measure of grace and of power to live from. So it's to do with function. It's the functionality where a prophet is different from a prophetic people, although prophetic people will... Do what prophets do, just not to the same measure, and the calling in which they're called will be slightly different. And so that's why you need to hear through the spirit, not the physical, because you go, they sound. You've got to be able to hear it through the the spirit realm, because they are similar but different. It's like my Cambodian T-shirt, same same but different. Okay. (laughs) So um, in your notes, we're going to get straight into it. Number one is the nature of prophecy. The nature of prophecy. How many people know that all prophecy is for us? And it's, as Keith said, for the purpose of building up. Sometimes, as Keith said, we think the prophet comes with a big stick to whack us. And certainly, you know, if you look at the Old Testament, you can maybe have that picture. But ultimately, Every prophet was from the Lord, sent by the Lord to just realign and reshape, and it was a word that was for. So it's always a word for the people. And if the people embrace it, then life comes. So prophecy, the nature of prophecy is to build up. It's for edification of the church. That doesn't mean we sometimes see it like that. We can see it and hear it completely opposite to the purpose of what it is. Certainly when you look at some of the, what we call the Old Testament prophets, they were given some big words to deliver, weren't they? Anybody want to be an Old Testament prophet? You're given some huge words sent by God, but it was for the purpose of building up. If you had ears to hear what was being said, and if you didn't, then you went the other way, and it could certainly cause calamity. But God's heart is to build up. It's never to pull down, it's to build up, it's to bring life. And so we need to hear that God is for us, he's not against us, he's in our team. And so if we understand that every prophetic word that's contained in this book is for you, then that may help you want to receive it. That may create a hunger and a thirst and a desperation in you as to, I want to know what's contained in here because it's for me that cool? The Bible says this, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Have you read that in Revelation? Have you ever thought, what does that mean? That the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Revelation 19.10, in your notes, this is once again, this is what I believe this means in my time with the Lord and just seeking him and asking questions. Okay, so in the notes, the posture or the position, the posture or the position in which all prophecy is brought to the body of Christ and the world, the spirit of prophecy, comes forth from the true work. Brackets there, the testimony of what Jesus Christ has already accomplished and finished. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The posture or the position in which all prophecy is brought to the body of Christ in the world comes forth from the true work, the testimony of what Jesus Christ has already accomplished. So we are to see into what was already done, and call it forth. That's ultimately the role of a prophet and a prophetic people, is to see what already is accomplished, because it is written, it is finished. So you have the ability to see in the Spirit into what is, and you speak it out. For a people to receive it now. That's quite powerful, isn't it? So, has he not done all things? so his testimony, what is done he gives life his testimony of what Jesus has already accomplished, is the spirit in which sits behind everything that's prophesied. so as a prophetic people, as prophets, we speak what is done to receive what is done to live from what is done that's how you receive the word in you, the power of God in you, which now you live from the power. You live from the Word. Jesus is the power of God. He is the Word of God. So if you receive prophetic future Word now, you've just received more of the Word. You've received more of Christ in you. Christ in you is the great mystery, the hope of glory. So we have Christ, but Christ is being formed in us through the receiving of a word that's prophetic, living, active, sharper, is already in the spirit realm done. And you receive what is done in, now I'm living from a different reality. I've actually got some power, some substance in me that I didn't have before. So everything that's to be spoken comes from that place that already is. So I've had a prophetic word over my life, have had numbers of words over my life that I've lived out. They're no longer prophetic because they got realized. So what I'm doing right now was spoken in 1998 that I would do what I'm doing now. I got plucked six months as a follower of Jesus out of 250 men in a camp and then you, yes, you will speak the word of God. I didn't even know most of it. I wasn't reading it at that stage, but I knew so. That word has now been realized, but that already was in the future. It was already realized in God. I just didn't know it. God had already purposed for my life. I just didn't know it. So I had to receive it by what? Faith. And then allow myself to be shaped as my life was shaped built up so when that time came, it was fulfilled because of the pathway God took me on. And as he took me on, we've been talking about blessing words and building worlds. so that was a blessing word, but then I had to then be directed so I could be built up so that would actually come to fruition because I can take myself out of that blessing word and never arrive at it because I don't make the choices I'm supposed to make because I continue to live for me And although that was spoken on that day and it was living and it was acting and it was right in God, I choose not to enter into it. So that may never have got realized, which means I may never be speaking here tonight, which means we're not meeting here tonight. See the powerful of saying yes, the power of saying yes and believing in what already is. I have had multiple types of these words. I wrestled with bringing a word tonight which defines the journey that we've been on that was spoken into in 2005. And when I got this word, I had no clue what it meant at all. I can tell you today, it's been outworked and lived out. Powerful. Never seen the woman who came in again in my life. Came in, dropped it off, left thought she was a nutter don't understand that didn't start happening until 2009 now we're 2017 and the word has all come to pass but it already was so this is the spirit this is behind prophecy it already is so a prophet comes and brings the living word that already is speaks it that's why we've had these words we've got a whole booklet of words that will be. The battleship will be. The challenges will I play my part in the battleship? God is building his church. He will have his overcomers. He will have his bride. It is already spoken, written. It will be. So then I have to align my life with what already is and come into what is. Prophecy. No longer prophecy, prophecy realized. See, it foretells the future, but it causes it. Did you realize that? A living word causes the future. When you heard the word of God and you went, bang, going that way, your future just changed. You made a decision, you were going this way, now all of a sudden you're going that way. So prophecy not only foretells, it causes. And I'm getting well ahead of myself in my notes here, but we're going to go with it. In Isaiah, listen to these words in Isaiah 53.5, okay? But he was pierced. (laughs) That's interesting, Isaiah. He was pierced through our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening of our well being fell being fell upon him and his scourging we sorry and by his scourging we are healed. Has he been yet? Not in Isaiah's time. Yet he's living and well and active, isn't he? He just hasn't manifested himself yet into the earth, but it already is. Because Isaiah has the ability to see what already is, and proclaims it. The problem with Israel is they should have known. Why? Because they had prophecy. They had the word being proclaimed through the Scriptures, through the Psalms, through the law, through the prophets. It was already there going out. So when he turned up, they should have recognized him because it was written down. It already was. It already is. Jesus said, Everything I'm doing is a sign of who I am, the fulfillment of what was written. 350 plus prophecies. He fulfilled them all. And they still missed it. Why? Can you hear? Can you see? So Isaiah says he was healed, he is healed for our affirmity, He speaks of the future. In your notes, know, everything that Jesus has accomplished has accomplished exists in the realm of the spirit, the eternal. Everything that Jesus has accomplished exists in the realm of the spirit, the eternal. And that's why it must be revealed in us. So we can declare this living prophecy or word. People of the spirit, not of the flesh. Called to be a prophetic race. Called to be an apostolic race. Called to be a prophetic race. Called to be a teacher race. A shepherding race. An evangelistical race. Ambassadors of another realm living on earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is already in heaven. Heaven is finished, yes? Is heaven being built? No, heaven is finished. So it has a way of order. There's a new heaven and a new earth coming, but heaven has already been established. It's already built. So, and on earth as it is already in heaven. So do you think heaven as an operating system? you think heaven is built on a divine pattern and a way in which it functions. So think about that in heaven as it is here. So Jesus was the man that brought not just signs and wonders. He brought the realm of heaven and the way it operated to earth and said, look at my life and pattern my life so you can come into my life and speak as I speak, do as I do. Don't do anything of your own initiative. Why? I'm telling you, showing you what it looks like from the divine pattern of heaven to be functioning on the earth. Can you hear what I'm saying? So our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth as it already is established in heaven. That's why we ask questions. Why hasn't that happened? Why is not that happened? Because we're not necessarily flowing in the pattern of heaven that Jesus patterned for us. And as we've been looking at, one of these is a fivefold operation. Two of them is you just can't go and do any work because you think it's a good work. Did the Father send you to that work? If not, it's a fleshly work. Anything done in your own strength, in your own mindset, is a fleshly work, which will be burnt up at the judgment seat. That's what we heard this morning. It has to be spirit-led because that's what Jesus patterned. Everything he did was for spirit-led. So prophecy, no different. It comes from a realm that is, is to earth. It's declared upon the earth, and the earth is to, ah, oh, really? Speak to those bones and wake them up with a word from heaven because I've got a purpose for those dry bones. It's powerful, isn't it? And this is not just for the prophet, this is for the prophetic race. You and I. Okay? You really start to start understanding your identity when you start grappling with this stuff. I'm not just merely human. I'm not just getting by here to live my life, to have a nice little picket fence or the house and some kids and a dog and go on holiday. I've been called to partake in a mission and an assignment from my Heavenly Father on earth. I am a prophetic, not pathetic, a prophetic race, people with a responsibility to fulfill the will of my Father. You notice thy kingdom come, thy will be done. If you don't know the will, how can you be in the kingdom? If you don't know it's about a kingdom, how can you then find the will of the Father? Because they're interconnected together. They go hand in hand. So Jesus said, repent because my kingdom is at hand. Do you know what that means? It means change the complete way you think. Have your whole mind renewed to the reality of why I came. Understand that you are called to be a prophetic race. Understand that you are called to speak utterances of heaven. Understand that you are to see into the future now, receive it by the power of the Holy Spirit, my word, and declare it to people on the earth. Change your mindset. Change the complete way you think life is about. Why? So you can do the will of my Father. That's what he's saying. Who's stirred up? Who's being awakened to a greater reality of what you thought you might be here for? It's powerful, man. This is powerful stuff. And you know, this is the guideline or filter in which every word is to be spoken. Because every word in God is to be living and active, meaning every word is prophetic. This is a guideline or the filter in which every word is to be spoken because every word in God is to be living and active, meaning every word is prophetic. Wasn't it the word of God that created the foundations of the earth? So he spoke and life came. Prophetic word. There was nothing. He speaks into being. It happens. Man. Isn't that what happened when Jesus spoke? You, out. Boom, happens. You, be healed. You, bang, you, bang, bang, bang. Prophetic word. Why? Because it's a living word, because he knew the word, all the word. He was the word. The word became flesh and started demonstrating what happens when someone who knows the word speaks under the authority and the power of the father in which they're from. It's a prophetic race. It's the nature of prophecy. It shifts things. It changes things. It alters things. It's cool, eh? Look in the 1 Peter 4.11. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. It's not in your notes. Write it down. 1 Peter 4.11. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. You know what I love about this stuff? It, It... it inspires you into relationship. You start to realize how close I must be with my heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit. It's all set up to show you, man, if all this has to come out of relationship, I really start, if I'm not, investing into my relationship. Because there's no way I'm going to receive a word from heaven if I'm 50 million miles away from the one of heaven. And so it's there, once again, God does everything in His design to lead you to him. Why? Because he wants you and him and us together to be a church that sees his kingdom come, his will be done in us and through us. It's the most amazing invitation ever offered to us. And you and I, if we're in him and he's in us, can speak utterances of heaven. That see things shift over people, as the Father leads, not because you're a so, you know a hero out there with your armor on. Go, oh, I'm gonna no no. As the Father leads, as you walk with the Father, and He gives you the words to say, and you deliver as if Christ was right here. So Christ says it, you say it. May say it differently, same word, utterances of heaven. Why? Because. You and I have been chosen to represent heaven, haven't we? Aren't we the ambassadors of heaven? Which means we need to understand how heaven ticks. The ways of heaven, the ways of God. I am the way. If I don't know the way, then I'm operating in my way. And there's not a lot of fruit in my way. There's a lot of effort, there's a lot of strain, there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of energy, just not a lot of fruit. Which one do you want? Fruit of heaven, the fruit of your own work. Because once again, the Bible says one's getting burned up. Not me, but my work. But the works that are of the Lord, gold, precious stone, they receive a reward. So once again, we're called to be this prophetic race, this prophetic people. Under that scripture, it's essential. We know that God's entire word is a prophetic word. It's essential we know that God's entire word is a prophetic word. Do you know that? Do you know how many people, Christians, that say this, oh, I've come to the prophet to get a word. Why do you need to go to the prophet to get a word when you have a whole book and the words are for you? See, most people go after a temporal word and there is nothing wrong. What I shared with you before is a temporal word. Son, you're going to preach my word, okay? Awesome, cool, has come to pass, but it's temporal, okay? So I'm going to die and when I'm dead, that's it. So it's an awesome word, but it's temporal. Do you know in this life-giving Living scriptures, there are eternal words for you and I. There are eternal words, and we go after the temporal more than we go after the eternal because we don't understand there are words in here for us which define us, and they really should be the words we go after first because they will define the word we get for the temporal. It's both and more. But what tends to happen is we tend to, because we look not like that, but we look here. We only want this one type of word. That's why we come all excited. And God's like, man, I filled a whole book full of promises of my prophetic word. Every message, my message right now is prophetic. Every message that's spoken on that platform is prophetic. So you're getting prophetic words every Sunday. It's not when Steve McCracken comes. Every word you're getting is prophetic. It's prophecy being declared every week. My message last week, to be able to love God like God loves, is prophecy. Yeah? And then we receive it, come into it. It's no longer prophecy for me because I'm able to live out. That prophecy has been revealed, it's been realized. So it's no longer prophetic for me, but it might be for Nick, or it might be for Nick, and I'm still to come into it. So every Sunday, I'm hoping in our discipleship, every time we're speaking, it's prophecy, it's speaking of a future reality that can be known now. And it creates so much life. It's powerful. And his word is full of it. So it's essential that we know that is a prophetic book. It's full of prophecy because prophecy is living to be realized, to be known, to come into. You heard one this morning from Hebrews 11 that Abraham saw a city being built, the new Jerusalem. This is prophecy right now. The man received it, and they said if they hadn't seen it, they would have had heart to go back into Egypt. So they saw the future, a heavenly country. They were leaving a natural one. They were going to a heavenly one in the spirit and moving towards it, a city that was built by God. Right there, that's a prophetic message for you and I. Have you seen the city in the future? What are you talking about? Have you seen the city in the future that Abraham saw? Because we're called to. Why? Because we're a prophetic race. Are you of Abraham's seed? Are you of the promise of Abraham? Then you're called to see like Abraham saw. By what? Faith. Faith sees, doesn't it? What does faith have? Faith sees the unseen realm and has a conviction of it. So faith sees the promises, the prophetic word, in the future that's in that book, receives it by faith because it sees it by faith and then lives from it. This is the nature of prophecy. It's to be known now. Not when we get to heaven. That's going to be amazing, but not then, now. What's the point of knowing stuff then when you need to know it now to live it out? Because you get this stuff in you guys, you know what happens? You become radical. You'll make choices and decisions that you'd never made before. Why? Because you haven't yet received the word that's going to make you put down that stuff and pick up that stuff. It'll empower you to make decisions that you normally wouldn't make. Why? Because you don't necessarily have the life in you to make those decisions. But now you have more of the word in you, and because you have more of the word in you, you make a choice that's reflective of that word now. Does that make sense? So let's just say, we you wouldn't come here tonight. man. No, no, Sunday night, man. I'm chilling out at home. It's been a long week. Busy, and I'm not knocking anyone that's not here, if you're listening to this. The examples I'm trying to make... <laughs> And I'm not, seriously. (laughs) I love you. But if this is completely outside of your radar, the more of the word, all of a sudden you stir and you start turning, Go, I need more of that. I want to hang more here. I want to eat more. This is how I'm hungry. You're hungry, you go looking for food, don't you? It's like that. And so the stuff in his word that we can see right now and receive right now And it will turn us and have us living in a different way. And you know, it's it's the future finished word. The future finished word that already exists in God. Brought into our now to be received, realized, received, realized, experienced and lived out today. It's the future finished word that already exists in God, brought into our now to be received, realized, experienced, and lived out today. What did Jesus say? It is written, it is spoken, it is finished. God's word speaks of a future realities and dimensions that God's people are to know and be living for. The prophets and the law spoke of the day of the Messiah coming and being present on the earth, and these future prophecies became realities. Look at John 8.56. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, which is Jesus' day, and he saw it and was glad. (laughs) So once again, we're of the seed of Abraham. We're of the promise of the spirit of sonship. So the same kind, I think it was Sam that said we're of the seed. So if you're of the seed, the seed produces after its own kind, doesn't it? So we're of the seed of sonship, of the promise of Abraham. So because we're of that seed, then God wants to open up that realm. The man had great faith. Do you know why? Because he had great revelation. Revelation and faith are connected together. When Jesus said you have little faith, what he's saying is you have little revelation. You have little sight. Why? Because faith is the ability to see into the unseen realm and know it's there. When you can't see, you don't know who you are, which means you have little revelation. But if you have large revelation because the Spirit is opening your eyes to what you see, you have great faith. Matthew 15, the woman who came to Jesus who was really hungry for crumbs. I love that. She's hungry for crumbs. We've got a whole banquet. She wants the crumb. She's waiting for a crumb. Why? And Jesus says, you have great faith. What she's saying is you have great revelation. You can see who I am. You every Everything with that story is wrong for her. She's a female. She's the wrong color. She's the wrong culture. Jesus doesn't even want to be known. The disciples go, get lost. Everything is set up to stop her getting what she's after. But that doesn't. Stop her. Why? Because she's a woman of great revelation. She knows great faith. She knows what seed she's from. She knows where she's from. She knows she can tap into the spirit realm. He says, you have great faith. You can see. He's stirred by her. She has something that no one else in the room has. Revelation. Jesus says, it'll be done for you as you desire. Who is the other person? that he said you have great faith to. The centurion, was he an Israelite? No, he was a Roman. Doesn't matter. See, you're all of the same seed. When you're of the same seed and you're growing in that seed, you start seeing things in the realm, in the prophetic realm. You become a prophetic people. You receive it. It's the nature of prophecy then to speak it. And people then get edified. The body of Christ gets lifted up, and God gets the glory. Awesome. And you know, it's prophecy foretells of a future reality that already exists in him. And prophecy creates a change of a reality now. Prophecy foretells of a future reality that already exists in him. And prophecy creates a change of a reality now. Let me give you an example Acts 2 37 to 38. So Peter's just. Finished preaching, okay? Now, when they heard this, what Peter had preached, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, repent and each of you be baptized. So this living word has gone out because he's quoting from Joel and he's laying it down right at the start of um, Acts and this word goes out. This prophetic utterance goes out of heaven. And some people have ears to hear it, and other people don't. Other people have no clue what's going on, and other people are tuned into the frequency. And the people that are tuned into the frequency go, Man, that's heaven speaking. Because he was speaking in the language that they understood. He was quoting prophecy that already was. And so they know it because they know the scriptures. So he's speaking to a reality they already know. And they go, that's that, and this is coming out of that man. And there's a belief, there's an activation by faith because they hear the prophetic utterances of heaven. And they say, what do we need to do? He says, repent, get saved. Their future just got altered, yes? So then it says in verse 41, so then those who received his word were baptized. See the power of prophecy? The power Of a living word. When you preach the gospel, when you preach the word of God, living, you're prophesying. You're prophesying. We have the opportunity to prophesy 24 7. Not just when the prophet comes to town, not when you just come to a class. When we speak living word, when we hear from the Father and speak it out, you're prophesying. You're prophesying someone's future. You're prophesying a reality for someone. You're edifying. You're creating life. You're creating hope. They hear something that's like, Really? Yes. Do you know there's hope in Christ? Really? I don't have any hope. Well, there is hope. Let me prophesy hope. But see, you've got to know hope to be able to prophesy it with any power attached to it. Otherwise, it's just empty words, and someone goes, What's that? So it's got to be a work done in us and then comes out of us because it's an utterance of heaven. Why? Because it's the living word. It has power on it. Why? Because it's the true testimony of what Jesus has done. Not just the day I got saved. It's a true work. I've got joy formed in me because the testimony is Jesus builds the church. And so when I speak of joy, it's released. It's prophetic in nature. It's got a heartbeat on it. It's living. Someone goes, man, that's powerful. Yeah, man, it's heaven. And this is what he's called you and I to be part of and to speak. It's mature stuff, isn't it? It's sort of university doctorate up there stuff. It's not kindy. It's not repentance and getting baptized. That's kindergarten stuff. We're moving and growing to like PhD stuff. We want to be able to talk about you know, millennial rain. we want to talk about the future, we want to talk about the stuff because it's for us. But Paul said, man, I can't talk to you guys because your hearts are still hardened. I want to share with you, but I know it would be frugal because it would just land on dry ground. You see, he knew there had to be an atmosphere of life to receive the word. Otherwise, he was just throwing stuff out the swine. Wasting time here. See you later. Off to the next one. There's no room here. No no one's hungry. I'm going to the next one. I've only got a short life. I've got time to waste on people that aren't hungry. And the man could discern the climates and the atmosphere in the heart. So he was off. Jesus was exactly the same. See how intentional it is? It's maturity. God has wanted to grow you and I into maturity to be sons that know how to handle this. Do you know what happens if you don't know how to handle the prophetic word? You cut people's ears off. You try and burn people because you've got an anointing and you've got some power, but what you're not is you're not mature. So when you get offended, you actually lash out. You don't know how to handle the word of God. It's a powerful thing. This is a sword, isn't it? It cuts people, doesn't it? It's supposed to cut them for good, but you can cut them for bad when you don't fully know who you are. And so this has got this responsibility of being these prophetic people who utter the prophetic, the prophecies of heaven, which see people edified and lifted up. It's beautiful. So this is what's happening here. So in your notes there are micro, or sorry, macro. There are macro, corporate, and micro individual prophetic words that God speaks of. So there are big picture stuff, eternal, macro corporate, and then there are micro individual prophetic words. And both are right. Let me give you an example. I've given you an example of a micro. Let me give you an example of a macro. Revelation 3. Revelation 3 verse 14. So this is a macro, big picture, prophetic word from heaven to the church. It was to the church of Laodicea, which is means, Laodicea means the church of people's opinions. So everyone has an opinion, and that's what this church, Leo, um means people, and Laodicea means opinions. That's why they're lukewarm, because man decides what the truth will be. It's been said that the end time church is this church. That this church, not the rock, but the church is the Laodicean church. So, but he's giving big picture stuff, okay? So the angel of the church in Laodicea write this. So the amen. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God says this. So who's speaking? Jesus himself. I know your deeds. (laughs) <laughs> nothing's hidden. We may think we get away with stuff. Nothing's hidden. Even that is to create a sense of awe and reverence. If you know someone's watching, Big Brother is always watching. Okay, It's like, man. Okay, So once again, this is where the fear of the Lord comes in, which is still wrapped in love. Okay, So I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Does God lie? No. So he's very serious. Because you say, you say, remember, it's a church of man's opinions. I am rich and have become wealthy and have no need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. He's not mixing his words with these guys, are they? But you can see two opinions. The people of I think they're all good, and God's going, you're not all good. Can you see from my perspective or your perspective, he's saying? See, if you judge yourself by yourself, that's very unwise. But if you judge yourself from my standard, that's where wisdom starts. So you see these two things happening here. And he says, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed and I sell to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Once again, repent means, again, to turn and start walking towards him. Why? Because he's telling this church that they are lost. They are lukewarm. They think they've got it all together, but he's telling you, from my perspective, you haven't. So we need to repent. He's saying, you guys need to repent, okay? And this is where it gets real cool. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. When I read that, I read fellowship, which is not a cup of tea with Jesus. It's oneness of spirit with Jesus, the Father, the Son, the Spirit. It's like this intrinsically linked connection of oneness. I pray that you would be one. And as an invite here, and I will come in and dine with you. Now listen to this. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne. As I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. And then there's this line. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Can you hear what he's just said? There's a massive, massive reward there for the church that overcomes. Massive prophetic call. Those who overcome out of this lukewarm state will sit with me on my throne in eternity forever. That ain't a macro word that would get you out of bed in the morning, on your knees praying, I don't know what is. But the challenge is, if you can't hear it, it's just nice words. And I get that. I get my heart. I get the state that you can tell lost people they're going to hell and they look at you and they go, that's not my reality. So it makes no difference. And guys, you can share this sort of stuff and the church goes, so, what? Well, it's not my reality. So, I don't alter, but it's, it's there to want to unhook you because it's a, it's a prophecy for you, unanchor you out of you, and turn you to moving towards to repent that reality. That's why the Word of God it's prophetic in nature, it's living, it goes out, it's powerful, it has life, it's supposed to cause some sort of response or reaction. That's what true prophecy is. It will call you to an account. It'll call you up towards it. It's to lift and edify and exhort the church upwards. It's an upward call, isn't it? It's not a downward one. It's an upward call. So all prophecy in nature is to call the church higher. That's a high call. But you can get entangled in the bad stuff. Oh, it's doom and gloom. It's all doom and gloom. I'm lukewarm. I'm going to be doomed. Oh, my goodness. Now, keep reading. (laughs) But if you stay in there, yeah, you could be spit out of his mouth. It's got nothing to do with whether you're going to hell or not. It's about reward. It's a high calling. He wants us to live out a life that's for us. So prophecy in nature is always to lift up and it's living, and it's active, and it's powerful, and we are to understand these macro prophetic words. That's just one. There's seven in there. And we're going to look at more of this as we go forward. Okay. That's the nature of prophecy. What's the time? We're going to leave it there. And we're going to talk about that. Um, And then we'll finish the other stuff off at some time in this series.